1: All right, it's time for another thrilling adventure of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. Here in one second, we have a whole host of stuff. We have Josh Matthews sitting down with us. We're going to talk about the passing of Silver King. We're going to talk about the AEW TV deal. But first, Petey Williams, do you know the one thing I really want to talk to you about? Oh, what's that? I heard in recent tapings that your Canadian Destroyer is not quite up to par. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't know who you heard that from, but
1: uh, go on. It's the internet community, and I'm concerned because it's your advancing age. Advancing, you like that one? At, advancing age. At your advancing age, I'm worried about you and your Canadian Destroyer and your, your your ability to put it over and do it correct inside the ring. Just like I'm worried about our fans and their ability to get it done in the bedroom. So I'm here to... Offer you, Pete, some blue
2: chew. Intriguing, and this will help me in and outside of the ring. So we're we're promoting this for inside the ring now?
1: It will. Job done? It'll put a little spring in your step. A little bit of spring in my Canadian Destroyer? Yes, you know, it'll help you get it over. You see what I'm (laughs) doing there? Yeah, all the way over. All the way, up and over. So. What we're going to do for our fans, and Pete, you've got your blue chew, so you can sit back and relax and take this on cruise control. Petey Williams himself is going to give you, he won't deliver it, but he's going to give you a free order of blue chew. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping and handling because he's cheap, Pete.
2: I'm, I'm not that cheap. I mean, okay, this is what we can do, just the promo code perspective, and then we're good. It's free, absolutely free. It just – I don't deal with the mail and all that kind of stuff. That's a federal type thing. So
1: $5 shipping and handling, and you're good to go. You know, Blue Chew has the same active ingredients as Cialis and Viagra, so you know it works. It's made in America, so you know it's cheaper. Sorry, Pete. You know, we know how you Canadians have turned your economy around and are surpassing us Americans now.
2: Uh, I wouldn't say that but uh thank you for the compliment.
1: You're welcome. Uh no awkward doctor visits cuz you can do it on a secure website com. You have a doctor will look over your prescription, he'll they'll send it out to you. If you use a promo code perspective, you get your free order, $5 shipping and handling. So no awkward doctor visits. The only thing awkward about bluechu is this ad today.
2: <laughs> um yeah i mean i would i would I would say so I mean I only think there's one thing left to do
1: hit your music
2: <laughs> oh, you knew it, Let's see.
1: Time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? Pete, you stand every time you hear the national, your national anthem as you hear it right now on the podcast. Are you still standing?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm still standing right now.
1: Uh, See what I did there? I, I want you to stand. I don't. I want you to be tired by the end of this podcast. I want you to leave it all on the field, Petey Williams. If he, I would be
2: standing the whole time if you played that on repeat.
1: I mean, you just you got to do it. Oh, one day we should do a whole podcast where the, the theme song is just playing. And... <laughs> that would drive people nuts. Yeah, but, Guaranteed. But I'd be happy with that. I, I think that would <laughs> be my best work. Oh, man. Um, yeah,
2: we're going to have to do it. I mean, we're an experimental uh <laughs> podcast so I mean we got to do it right
1: we have a lot to talk about as we said during the Blue Chew ad we have the passing of Silver King to talk about we have uh, AEW we're going to talk a little bit about their TV deal what we know what we don't know that's coming up next at the end of the show Josh Matthews stops by for a you know what It, it, it was way better than the first Josh Matthews interview we did if you can go back to the archives and find it where it sounded like he was being kidnapped through the whole show
2: yeah, but I think it turned out he was, like, maybe on his balcony, and his balcony was connected to some sort of busy road, and, uh, yeah, it was really strange. Like, you could hear cars honking and stuff like that, or yeah. originally, we thought he was at, like, a monster truck rally <laughs> or, like, a NASCAR race or something like that. We're like, what's going on?
1: Josh, um, Josh Matthews has a mansion under a freeway. That's what we
2: thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, he just was...
1: You know, at the NASCAR race or something. I don't don't know. Um, That could have been possible. So we have Josh Matthews coming up. Don't forget, we've worked out a deal with Fightful.com. The way the deal works is we'll put out a podcast. They'll have it 24 hours early than the regular stream. So you can go to Fightful.com, listen to the Wrestling Perspective there. Uh, Fightful has been around for three years breaking news and now they've launched a premium service called Fightful Select. Go to Fightful Select. It brings you dozens of podcasts each month from 205 Live to NXT, NXT UK, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, NWA. They have Q&A shows, alternative commentaries, talk about dark matches, breaking news, and so much more. Go to FightfulSelect.com. Thank you, or Fightful.com and go to Select. Thank you to them and Sean Rossat for, you know, kind of allowing us to pig back off their fame because we're two nobodies
2: yeah i mean speak for yourself I, you're famous dennis i'm a nobody <laughs> um you
1: see, you always do that
2: to me so i did it to you that time but yeah i know i'm super excited about this uh, uh i mean what you want to call it a union uh however you want to call it partnership um i like the word union right um not a reunion but yeah i mean this is gonna be good for uh for all parties so this is Making wrestling better, at least wrestling podcasts, anyways.
1: Can I say, uh, give a shout-out to one of our fans. Hopefully, you know, one day he'll make it in this industry. It's uh, Tim Lincecum, uh, former pitcher of the New York Giants. He has his own Twitch show, by the way. If you are into Twitch, go to TV backslash cy- CyclonesUSA. Uh, follow him on Twitter, too. What a great Twitter follower he I am a Tim fan. I'm a baseball head, uh, fantasy baseball guy. Well, it used to be big-time fantasy baseball guy. He's somebody I've owned on my teams. Sorry, Tim. I didn't win either. But you are a three-time World Series champ. I'm like a one-time fantasy football champ, fantasy baseball. But, uh, you know, he started following me. I geeked out. I turned into Pete... I don't know if this you you're a grizzled veteran in the world of wrestling, but I gotta ask you, is there anybody that's ever followed you and you kinda got excited or geeked out?
2: Um that's a great question, putting me on the spot here, and I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, but like with Tim, you know, like San Francisco Giants, like I this is how you know you're, you're good. So I, I know they beat – you know, I'm a big Detroit Tigers fan, you know, back when Verlander played with them. They were on their way to the World Series, uh, and uh, the Giants beat them. And, like, I just – I hated – sorry, Tim, but I, I hate – he was so good that I hated it because he was, you know, kicking the ass of my Detroit Tigers. So that's how you know you're good when, when you have that hatred. Uh, but obviously you have that love as well, um, you know, from from San Francisco. So – uh, but to answer your question, um, not that I can recall off the top of my head. Even when you joined uh, Twitter,
1: like a Jake the Snake or just even somebody like that?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, when I first joined, like everybody at once, it was like uh, how I, I kind of got started into it was I was driving home. And I think in my car was like Jimmy Jacobs and like Zach Gowan and. Uh, maybe Brian Gorey was there. We were actually coming back from a Cleveland show where I just wrestled uh, Matt Cross. And uh, I remember like Johnny Gargano was on the show. He wrestled. I don't remember who he wrestled, uh, but it was like his home promotion. And they're talking, they keep talking about this Twitter. And I'm like, ah, maybe I should sign up for it. And Jimmy Jacobs like, do it right now. How do I, and I'm like, how do I do it? And he kind of, um, he's like, make a handle. So I did it. He goes like, Hey, what's your handle? He's like, all right, hold on. And he like kind of texted the young bucks. And he's like, Hey this is Petey Williams's handle, you know, put it out there. So people know it's actually Petey Williams. And, and that's what Jimmy did. And he's like, watch it grow. And like throughout the trip home, it was just like a virus. It was like, uh, one, two, three, four, it just kept going up in followers. And, um, so like the young bucks were the first, one of the first couple that ever follow me. Um, and I think like Jimmy was maybe actually my first follower. Uh, so, you know, I mean,
1: I, I thought that was kind of cool how they, uh, uh, how how that worked? Wow, that that's a cool story, man. Yeah, yeah, I yeah yeah. I think I couldn't even tell you who my first follower was. It's was probably me begging for followers at that point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know how to like. You you probably remember your first day on Twitter. Like, I had no idea how to do it. I'm asking. I think I can't remember who's in the back. Like Zach Gallon, who's already on Twitter. I'm like, how do you do this? Oh, Nate Matson was also on there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know Nate Matson, yep. right? Amazing so, Nate. Yeah. And so they all had Twitter and I, okay, I'll sign up and see how this goes. And, um, it was like August of like, I don't know, 2012 or uh, something like that. 2012 or 13. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just, and it grew ever since. And they're like, and I remember them saying like, watch, it's going to grow like a virus watch. And I'm like, all right.
1: Wow. All right. Let's move into some topics. One of the more serious ones I wanna talk about is the passing of the unfortunate passing of Silver King at the age of fifty one. The only reason why I bring this up, you don't really have a background with him. I don't know I don't think your paths have crossed. I kinda of looked at your pay, your uh Wikipedia and his and I don't think unless there was a random indie show in Cleveland that you both were on, but the, you didn't cross paths, did you? No, he never
2: was with impact um you know i know he was obviously watched them all the time in, in wcw during that the, the cruiserate era um and then you know i while i was in impact he was doing stuff with uh i believe all japan and AAA that kind of thing so uh if we did cross paths it might have been once but uh nothing memorable where it's like yeah we had a great match and all that kind of stuff so
1: yeah very unfortunate So here's what I want to talk about. There were several media outlets that actually posted the video of him passing away inside the ring. And by the way, Fightful.com was not one of them. I thought any site to post that was tasteless. I don't know where you fall on this because a lot of sites hid behind, you know, this was wrestling news. And being that, we will post this in the name of news. Where do you fall? Because yeah, when Owen Hart passed away, there wasn't a lot of social media. It was it was pretty easy for the WWE to edit and, and kind of hide that video back in the day, unless you were tape trading, and and that was kind of big in certain communities. I was a WCW guy, so I didn't watch that pay per view. And by the way, back then pay per views were sixty, seventy dollars. So. It was it was a you know a commitment to get one of those. I I miss that and and unfortunately in you know following years with YouTube I ended up seeing it and I wish I didn't. I did not seek out the Silver King thing and I nor will I. But as a wrestler, when you see a site post something like this, what do you think? Um.
2: So I always put myself in uh the 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 wrestler' shoes, like if that was me that passed away in the ring, uh you know, what would my family like my loved ones think if that's being thrown around on social media and stuff like that? and I know they they wouldn't be happy about it, and I don't think any anybody's families would actually be happy of that. I mean that's a, that's a that's like the the biggest tragedy that a family could go through is a, is a death of a loved one. that's like the, that's that's it. I don't think there's anything bigger um so just out of respect for you know the 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 family of silver king and his loved ones like it, it shouldn't be passed around that's that's where i stand
1: i may be unique where i'm not a big fan of hardcore wrestling not that i'm against it i just don't have the stomach for it the tax it do it just i oh, i i cannot watch someone falling on tax I still just something gut wrenching when I see Mick Foley go through a hell in a cell. I, you know, Sid Vicious breaking his legs, those videos. I just, it look, no, I'm not knocking the people who, who like that kind of stuff, especially hardcore wrestling. That's, that's a taste and then that's a cool thing and that's your thing. Great. I just, the gory, bloody stuff, I just, I have a weak stomach for that.
2: Uh, and it's not for everybody and everybody might think like, oh, it's fake, right? Uh, Let's just say that. No, because when you're watching a movie and there's like a lot of like blood and gore in a movie, that's fake. That's like, you know, your, 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 your corn syrup that has like red food coloring in it or however they make blood in movies and stuff like that. You know, this is, this is really real. And I've seen people after hardcore matches come backstage and the, just recently, at the last set of tapings, um, well, the, two sets ago, uh, when we were in Toronto, like they had a match, uh, the Lucha Brothers versus LAX for the the titles, and there was thumbtacks and stuff, and uh, you know, uh, just those guys picking them out of their backs, like that's
3: yeah. that's
2: real, like that 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 hurts. So um, I give a lot of respect to those guys that actually do it. Not my cup of tea. But I give them a lot of respect. Have you ever
1: been in a hardcore match or approached to do one?
2: I mean, I've done um, ladder matches, many ladder matches.
1: Uh, I've done,
2: you know, ladder matches with tables and all that kind of stuff, Uh, and and, what chairs were involved, Um, but nothing like thumbtacks or barbed wire or anything like that. Um, I haven't uh I, i've never been in a feud where it's gotten to that far where uh you know we can't settle this you know by a wrestling match we have to take it to a barbed wire like ring ropes or anything like that nope ne- never done it
1: and, and at your point in your career you'd say no i mean i wouldn't wa- want to
2: at all i mean I've, <laughs> I've i've been doing this for almost 20 years and I haven't been asked to do it yet. So, I mean, I don't know why I would start doing it
1: now. Let's move on. Uh, We don't talk about WWE on the show because you don't really watch much of it now that you're full-time in Impact. You're writing, producing, booking, blah, 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 blah. blah. I want to talk because there is a growing, I guess, movement in wrestling that Vince McMahon has to go. You see reports in the dirt sheets about how... Uh, you know, maybe even Triple H is frustrated with him, but it's his company, his way. I wanted to ask you this from, from a fan, cause we both grew up a Vincent Kennedy McMahon guy, you know, greatest Hill ever, all the great moments in WWE revolved around him at some point. Everybody who wants him out now do the booking and look, WWE, I get it, you know it's it's not great right now. We all will come back to it. We all still love it, but if Miss, but if Miss, did I call him Kennedy. Anyways, if Mister McMahon were to go, just poof, gone. You never see him again. Will we miss him? Because when I see him on WWE TV now, I know that we have a limited amount of time as fans with him, whether it's age or or moving on we have a limited amount of time. He's 70 some odd years old. He's not going to be in it forever. And sure. He's not at the, the height he was during the attitude era, but I still love seeing him on TV. He were to go now and never come back. Do you think it we'd miss him more? Yeah,
2: I, I think so. First off, he's never going to die. So we don't have to even oh, worry okay. about that. Um, but hypothetically speaking, if you were to die somehow, some way, um, yeah, I think we would like Vince. You could tell, you know, like, Vin- you could see it in Vince's matches. He wasn't a wrestler, you know. Like all his matches, like they were brawls or whatever, just because of his character. He had to learn how to to wrestle. But the thing he was so good at is, you know, his his Vince McMahon character, and that's what he's really good at. Um, with with other characters and developing you know, WWE stars is he's very, very, very character driven. Like he almost, you know, yeah, okay. You got to be a good wrestler. Great. All that kind of stuff. But he's more into characters and that's what people connect with. Um, You know, when he's gone, I think it's going to be less character driven and more wrestling driven, which is a a lot of hardcore wrestling fans. And when I say hardcore wrestling fans, I mean like people that will watch it no matter what, Um, they're still going to be around, but any, it's going to be interesting because any, new, what do you want to call it, Um, fans that are, like, not fans, just, like, casual fans, they're not going to get roped into it and and buy into it because they're not going to be able to get in touch with the characters. So that's one thing that Vince McMahon's really good at, character-driven type stuff. Like, he, he, you could be the best wrestler in the world, but you're going to need a character. Whether your character is, hey, I'm the best wrestler in the world, okay, that's your character, let's play with it. And go that way. But um, he doesn't like just, you know, vanilla, really good wrestlers. That's that's just not him.
1: Would you put up with bad booking from the WWE to have Vince McMahon on television? Here's the catch-22 because we're getting bad booking. If you believe everything you read, everything still goes through Vince. Vince is hard-headed. He likes what he likes. and. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if his taste in wrestling changes over the years, if if whatever he likes and that's it. Nobody really knows. But would you – But because I think I would. I think I would put up with the bad booking from WWE to have Vince McMahon on TV than to have great booking, an amazing show, and never see him again.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's something special every time he comes on TV. Like whether it's on a weekly basis, like when you, he's one of those guys right now, like, you know, back in the day you had the rock, you know, you put a microphone in his hand, everybody's going to be hanging off of every word that he says. Same with like, uh, you know, Stone Cold and stuff like that. Just there's certain people where you put a microphone in the hand, they're like, okay, hold on. Let's hear what he has to say. It's going to be important. And Vince McMahon's one of those people. So. Um and whether you know people agree with what he's gonna say or, or not, it's gonna make news because people are hanging on every word that he's saying.
1: Uh, yeah, uh I don't want to see him go. I truly enjoy it. So let's move on and talk. I've been using that term a lot lately. We have Josh Matthews coming up here in a second. I do want to talk about AEW. Uh this is a company where I'm on the fence. Not that I hate it or love it, I'm excited for it. We've talked to a lot of guys who have worked there. I I'm more even kill when I want to see the the finished product before I pass a judgment and call them a t-shirt company or or whatever knocks they're getting. But they had their up fronts. It's announced that they will be on TNT. Here's a few things, and I've gotten this all third hand. I did not do all this research. Uh, Some of it has come from third-party Twitter. Some of it's come from the New York Times. So I want to make sure they get their proper kudos. Uh, This is the first time wrestling has appeared on TNT since the final WCW Monday Night Raw, March 26, 2001.
2: Wow. Yeah, so 18 – well, it's been over 18 years now, so – Wow, it's pretty historic. And uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, what else you got, Dennis?
1: With that? Uh, from a third party. I don't know if he made these comments, but apparently Dave Meltzer, uh, when talking about AEW said about four hundred thousand to five hundred thousand viewers would be considered a success to start. Uh it sounds like streaming was a big reason this deal was made, which sounds like Bleacher Report has a streaming service and they will end up doing a lot of streaming there. But 400 to 500,000, I I absolutely agree. I think that would be a success right off the bat.
2: Yeah, oh, definitely. Like so, if you go back in 2001, um WCW was getting those viewers like they were getting more than that. I want to say even on their final, you know, days. Uh but you got to remember less channels back then um, less of a share that you had to deal with and all that kind of stuff. Now there's so much, there's streaming, there's networks you know, yeah, networks and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, even network television, even their hit shows, like I'm talking about like, you know, basic TV networks, like ABC, Fox, NBC, CBS, like, um, th- those people, like they've seen decline in ratings too. It's just because there's so much more to you know, there's so much more out there. So yeah, a four hundred to five hundred thousand, um, you know, viewers. That's a huge thing. If you go back seventeen years ago, they'd be like, oh, this show is not a success." But nowadays, yeah, absolutely. Even if you look at Raw, they're only getting a couple million or something like that. And then back in the day, there was like five to seven million, yeah, like tuning in every single week. So um, and people still feel is a success.
1: AEW does have a trademark out for Tuesday Night Dynamite. We know that they will air on Tuesday now that SmackDown will be moving to Friday on Fox. I think that's smart because I am a creature of habit. I don't watch NXT because I have to go off the beaten path to find it, even if the beaten path is just hitting a button on my remote control to get to my WWE network. I don't watch much MLW. I don't go to YouTube and search out wrestling videos. If I'm on Facebook and scrolling and there's a wrestling video, I may watch it. I don't I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, so that's why it's hard for me to watch Impact because I have to go out of my routine to catch Impact. For AEW on Tuesday nights, I'm conditioned that Monday and Tuesdays are kind of my wrestling night. So it falls in line there. Unfortunately for me, and this is, look, I'm a WWE guy. I will always love the WWE. I'll support it. I'll watch it. I'm not going to knock them. Moving the Fridays is horrible. I'm not going to watch it on Friday. Maybe I'll watch it sometime during the weekend on demand at best. But if I don't watch it on Friday and Monday night happens, I'm not going back to watch it again. It it has just passed me by. Maybe I'll read somewhere the results or I'll wait until, you know, Raw when they tell me what happened on SmackDown. I think that's going to be the big casualty. Friday night was in my opinion the worst move they could make for a wrestling show. And I'm sorry for impact. I'm not a big fan of Impact being on Friday nights either.
2: Um well, a couple of things with that. Like so everybody's conditioned, Monday is their flagship show, Monday mm. night raw. It's been around forever, and people are like you said, conditioned. Monday is wrestling day. That's what it's been. Monday night wars, you know, back in the day, all that kind of stuff. Monday's wrestling night. Smackdowns flopped from Thursday to maybe Friday to Tuesday to Friday, back to Tuesday. They've been all over the place. Right? Live and taped so are, and this and that. Yeah. So people aren't conditioned to say, hey, Tuesday's a Smackdown night. Um, Tuesday, there's a lot. Of, and Monday, too. Monday through Thursday, there's a lot of other good programming uh, out there from the networks. Like uh, There's a lot of good stuff because people are home. They get home from work. Before they go to work the next day, they tune into primetime and they watch stuff. Friday nights, there's not a lot of good programming on. There's some, but, you know, people recognize Friday nights people go out, have dinner, uh, you know, they're going into the weekend, they're not going to be sitting home watching TV, getting ready for work the next day. So Friday is kind of an okay move for SmackDown, I feel, kind of in the sense that they're not going to have a lot of competition uh, for other types of shows that people are going to want to watch. However, again, people are out on friday nights they're not going to want to you know stay at home and watch tv and all that kind of stuff so that's why it's good and bad that they're going to be on fridays
1: all right all right here let me pull this back up uh by the way i let my phone turn off while i pull that up i do want to talk about us real quick ringside app ringside wrestling app uh that's are one of the new places where you'll be able to find old shows, new shows. We'll be doing some live videos off and on there. There's chat room. So we will be popping in, in and out randomly. Make sure you look for us. We It's a really cool app. It's free, not just our show, but they have independent wrestling uh, matches and pay-per-views. Uh, I know, uh, I think it's a wrestle revolver or yeah. Wrestle revolver, I think is on there. That's Sammy's uh, promotion. They have Josh Matthews with Trivia, Madison Rain has a show on there, The Kid Ref has a trivia show on there, a ton of other stuff. I think Santino does something there too. Go there, download it, support them. They are an amazing group of guys building something for the wrestling community, and it's free. They're not asking for money from you, and if they're going to support and try to build a place for fans, I think we as fans need to go there. And support them. Josh Matthews will talk about them here in a little bit too. Because he's involved with them. But back to my AEW stuff. And by the way. Tuesday Night Dynamite. Do you like it or not?
2: I don't like. I'm not a fan of the name. It it sounds too much like. uh, Something that like. (laughs) WCW would use. uh, You know. In the year 2000. Um, I'm not. I, I don't like the rhyming names, I guess I could say, like, Tuesday Night, Dynamite. Like, uh, I think that's kind of uh, cheesy. But, okay. you know, whatever, man. Everything starts off cheesy. Probably it was when Raw came on. Like, why are we calling it Raw? That's cheesy. Or uh, Impact. Why are we calling it Impact? That's che- what, SmackDown. That's cheesy. Like, um, okay. But personally, I mean, I'm not a fan of the actual name. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't, it's just a name. Who cares what the name is? It's what the product is going to deliver.
1: Here's some more stuff. This is unconfirmed, by the way. A lot of rumors coming around this statement that I'm about to make. It looks like AEW and Warner Media Group is in a revenue split and a production deal uh, cost deal, uh, attempting to confirm multiple reports, which. Uh, let's say that happens and you, you were kind of more smart into this than I am. Revenue split, self-explanatory production cost deal. What, what can you talk to me about, you know, what could be in a uh, production cost deal? It depends
2: if you're live or if you're a, a tape show, it depends on. So live shows, uh, like pay-per-views and stuff like that. You get charged by like to, to have that live satellite stream that's a big fee. I don't know the exact number, but that's huge. Um, and then, so when you're doing that every week, just that production alone, like that's a huge fee. Um, if you're traveling, I I don't know if they're going to be traveling, if they're going to be doing a tape show, a live show, like kind of like, okay, let's do a live show Tuesday, tape it Wednesday, kind of like how, uh, raw used to do it back in the early two thousands and late nineties and all that kind of stuff. um, so that, that, that's what it's going to depend on. I mean, that's... And then how many cameras they have, you know, and uh, what their post-production is going to look like and what they're actually... The size of their crew. I, I don't know. If they're if they're looking to go all out, like the staff that WWE has, it's going to be a huge cost. If they're going to do something a little bit smaller and, uh, like, like, impact or whatever, or not use as much production stuff um, and limit your resources, then the cost won't be as big. So uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to be going like guns ablaze and just like, you know, full throttle right off the bat because they want this show to deliver. I mean, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of hype behind it. If they don't deliver, they're they're SOL pretty much. Um, So they're going to be using, I mean, it's going to be a big expense at first, and then probably from there they might be able to be like, okay, we could cut this or we don't need to cut this because we're making money doing this and all that kind of
1: stuff this was uh, taken from the press release earlier today uh what aew and tNT did reveal is the brand's mission which is to offer fans a product that is less scripted soapy drama and more athleticism and real sports analytics uh, bringing a legitimacy to wrestling wrestlers will also be given more freedom to explore their characters and then highlight their athletic abilities other uh in a Uh, Innovations, I guess it says, includes introducing statistics to wrestling for the first time ever, such as tracking each competitor's wins and losses as the wrestlers pursue a championship, analyzing their moves, assessing damage to their opponents, and providing insight into their winning streaks. Now, Pete, Pete, that sounds, in theory, like it could be good. A little bit too video game-ish for me, maybe? I do like the wins-lossings. I like the fact that it's going to be less scripted, which means wrestlers will have more freedom to talk on a mic and explore their character. Uh, Assessing damage to their opponents, isn't that what commentators do?
2: Uh, That's what they're supposed to do, yeah.
1: Um, And providing providing insights into their winning streak, isn't that what video packages do?
2: Yeah. um, But, I mean, this is all stuff that, we're talking about it right now, right? They're like, "Oh, we're they're going to do this, that, and the other thing," uh, and then it, it's it's already done, pretty much. Like there is some stuff that they're like, "Oh, you know, wins and losses count," all this kind of stuff. Uh, back prior to when I joined Impact, um, before they tore down the Livonia Mall, uh, there was a little area in the Livonia Mall in the back area next to the paintball that uh, um, we had like a wrestling arena set up. It sat about like a few hundred people or whatever. And we were pretty successful there, but then they decided they were going to do this thing called um, the season, I want to say they they called it. And we were going to be there like every Friday night. And there was like a a group of like 12 or 16 wrestlers or whatever. And we'd all have turns fighting each other or wrestling each other, I should say. And then they would keep track of a point system, like wins, losses. Uh, You got certain points for like pinfalls or submissions. So they really put the wrestling aspect into it. And uh, we got about four weeks in and then, you know, obviously uh, our ticket sales declined. And then uh, you're using the same 16 wrestlers, so you still have to pay them. And there was like, you know, some 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 big time names there and uh, it it didn't go through. But then theory, it was really nice because, you know, people can keep track of it. And be like, oh, yeah, you know, the PD has two wins and a loss or PD has one win and two losses. And he's going up this guy that's undefeated and all this kind of stuff and uh, so on and so forth. So I like the concept. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's a lot to keep track of. And hopefully they I mean, that's going to
1: be somebody's job just to do that. Here are a few questions that at least I have. How long do you think to, and you don't know? But this is just you know, two yeah. guys having a beer talking here. Yeah. How long do you think AEW has before uh, TNT will have will opt out? I'm sure there has to be an opt-out, but let's assume a year, two years. There's got to be some point where both sides you, – you have the contour who are businessmen, TNT, business. At some point, one of the two have to pull the plugs on this if it doesn't work.
2: Uh, I'm sure there's some sort of clauses in – uh, the contract. I mean, I'm sure they're like, Oh yeah, let's sign like a one year deal with the option or a renegotiation or two, all, all this kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how long their, their, their deals are for. I mean, uh, that's, that's a good question. Like I, I that's, that's stuff. I, I, I would, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like I know when, um, you know, it impacts later days. They're like right before, right back when I started with them again, um, they were on pop TV and then we're the contract is coming up. And then they said, yep, we signed on for another year with pop TV. So it was a year contract. We knew it was a year contract. And other things were like put into place where, um, you know, we have our own, uh, you know, impact plus uh, network, I guess you want to call it. But back when it was called like the GWN network, um, we, and the clauses. So there's always new clauses like, Hey, after uh, impact airs on pop, 10 days later we could air it on our network you know so you put in new things after you negotiate after a year um and then uh now that we're on pursuit i don't know how i can't remember how long the contract was i'm sure we've talked about this and stuff but it's already uh been forgotten uh, because now we're also on twitch and stuff so there's a lot of stuff that's added into contracts um and i just don't know how long there's this there's this for like if it's one year two years or like uh, whatever other options there is in there. I mean, that's that's a good question. I'm sure that it'll get revealed more sooner than later.
1: Uh, one of our fans, Dave Cohen, presented these two questions, and I'm going to piggyback off the second one. But he said, what do you think? Would AEW be smart to establish your location or do shows on the road?
2: So if you establish a location, it's it's cheaper. You know, like when we filmed at the sound stage in Orlando, everything was already set up. So the production crew, you didn't have to pay to reset up or anything like that. You just had to do a quick, okay, yep, sound checks working, lighting's good, cameras work. You didn't have to do all that setup and stuff. It's already there. Um, you know what your travel expenses are going to be a lot beforehand. You kind of know where you're staying, all this kind of stuff. Like it's good. That is very convenient. Um, but then again, you're in the same location and then it kills the, we call it, it it kills the city. It kills the town, right? Because it's the same fans and they get kind of, you know, if you watch impact throughout the years, we're in the same place for whatever, 10 years. You could tell like they're rabid fans when we first get down there. And if you go year by year, you could tell they care a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less because they're there every single week. You know, they've they've seen everything. Um, It's always nice. If you could have a company, and you can get out on the road; it's good. I've noticed the big difference since uh, this past, I think, a year. We've yeah, it's been a year since we've been on the road and stopped uh, doing Universal Studios, where the fans are like, it's nice to have a, a fresh set of fans, um, and they're more into it and stuff because they 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 don't they don't see wrestling as much. Um, but it's always nice to be on the road. But their expense will be a lot greater if they're on the road, and I, I think. I think they're gonna go on the road. I don't think they're gonna establish like a, uh, like a sound stage or one arena or anything like that. They might have like like a, like a home. Uh, like like Jacksonville might be like their home. Like you know like their first WrestleMania will be in Jacksonville if they want to call it WrestleMania or whatever they're gonna call it. I'm just kind of like how New York is kind of like you know Stanford, Connecticut, New York is WWE's uh, Ring of Honors is always Philly. Impacts was always Nashville. Now we kind of switched to Toronto area. Um, so I, I figure they'll have a home, but I figure they'll travel.
1: I think, look, I, the cons are all in. They're, you're not going to dump this much money, and excuse my language, to half-ass it at this point. So I think Absolutely they're going yep. to right. travel. I think what it truly comes down to is where are they going to be booked into? you can't you cannot assume that they're gonna sell out 10,000 seats arenas every week right away. All in is a special attraction. You know, I know Ring of Honor sold 10,000 seats, but I think a lot of that was because people assumed Cody and the boys would still be there when when that show happened and they were not. I, I think you you book small and then grow up. I worry that they may kind of start going in at slightly bigger venues that might make it look a little bit empty, but they're smarter guys than we are, so they may go smaller to create a demand for tickets wherever they go.
2: Um yeah, they could go smaller, they could go bigger. Like I know that um uh, an example would be Impact. We used to do house shows, okay, house shows, and we knew we weren't going to fill it uh, in like 10,000 seat arenas, house shows. We're not even filming this stuff. Right. Uh, and we're only going to get like, maybe like, uh, um, a couple thousand people, 1500, which is really good for a house show. Uh, but the reason why we ran these big arenas is because during that time, I believe we were in somewhat of a recession. It was like 2008 ish, 2007, 2008. So a lot of these big arenas are like, yeah, The rent is free, but then you have to, you work something out with them, right? So it ends up working in our favor to run these big arenas.
3: Say goodbye.
2: Financially, uh, they were almost like giving it away. Like, yeah, yeah, book our arena, and then you know we could take a portion of the gate and so on and so forth. So there was no upfront cost, kind of deal. Um, but if you have a, if you do run a bigger arena, at a, a ten thousand, you only have five thousand. Like, you know, you, you've been to live events, you see how like you and WWE sections off and tarps off certain areas to make it, you know, not seem empty, just right. like it, it's blacked out. So I mean, you know, it's 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 tricks of, you know, the the camera and stuff like that. So, um, I think maybe they should start off. That's a good question. I mean, they they should do something like, yep. Okay. We're going to start at this arena. It's like a 5,000 seat arena. And then if they have 5,000 more people that want to attend, okay, we're going to move it across the street at this bigger arena. If they can do, if they can finagle something like that.
1: I, I, you know, I think you create a demand, like every show you go to is special, Sure, they could have 5,000-seat arenas, and I'm sure they could almost fill it up for I don't know how long. But at some point, they're going to start not being able to. I think if they started running 1,000, 2,000-seat are- arenas, something a little bit smaller, you create a demand. Maybe next time you go bigger, more people show up because it's it's a bigger venue. But you, you should create some sort of demand to make the people be rabid fans and want to go there. Or travel to see a show. That's that's more special. That's the one thing I noticed Impact has, is traveling fans.
2: Yeah, I mean, but we don't go... I mean, that's... Yeah, I do see a lot of... Not a lot of the same fans, but um, our, our loop isn't that big. Like, we got, you know, obviously the Toronto area and Windsor. Those are like four hours apart. Uh, if we were running to Chicago, that's four hours from Detroit. Um, in Windsor as well.
1: Wait, wait, um, you're running in Philadelphia now. You, you're going to be yep. in Dallas. That loop is getting bigger, PD.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, all, we obviously branch out of our loop and obviously like Las Vegas, Mexico. Sure. Um, but you know, in that little loop up there, like if you live in like a, I mean, I don't know, like in a Toledo area, you can almost make that Philly show, that Toronto show. You If you want to drive like anywhere from five to eight hours. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and they're going to, obviously, I I feel like they're going to run the Jacksonville area because, you know, that's kind of where, where they are. Um, obviously I think they'll go to like the Chicago area, Detroit area, anything that's like a big wrestling city. Um, that, that's what they're going to do. I I don't think they're going to go a lot on the West coast because usually, uh, historically you don't draw as well on the west coast even though that's where like you know the the bucks are from and uh like kazarian and daniels and all those guys that are west coast guys i think they're gonna you know kind of start off on the east coast and stuff and just build up there and then uh get the demand over on the west coast and go over on the west coast i could be totally wrong but just uh thinking at it logically like where are you gonna sell out you're gonna sell it on the east
1: coast Now, this question also comes from Dave Cohen, but before you answer it, I do have a piggyback question before I forget it. Does this give confidence towards a potential TV deal for impact, seeing where AEW is going? Uh, Now, before you answer, I will say this. I think every single major television network is holding their breaths, seeing how this works out. I think if AEW becomes successful, you might see more wrestling on mainstream television. I think if it's a failure, you this will set us back. Where it could be another 18 years before a network takes a risk on a wrestling network. But what I do know, I don't want to say no, but I do think is no network is going to make a move until they see either a growth or a recession in AEW's numbers one way or the other.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think you're, that's a, a very accurate um, assumption, hypothesis, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's true. I mean, you know, obviously, um, when, and this is just me thinking out loud, when Tony Khan had this, he's like, okay, I got, you know, these guys are my VPs, um, who are some of the heavy hitters I'm going to have? And are like, okay, you know, we'll get Jericho, you know, and, and like, uh, they have these big contracts and stuff, so... Um, he's putting a lot into it, but he's also going to be able to get some big stars that he could put on TV. And then when he goes to the network, he's like, yeah, you know, Chris Jericho you used to have him on your, you know, uh, in WCW, like, you, you know, his name and all that kind of stuff. So that helps as well. Um, so but yeah, you're right when it's if this is successful, it could mean, oh, man. The other networks are going to get into the wrestling business because people like this wrestling stuff, right? So we could see a big boom again if they fail, which I really – I, not. Not, I don't want to see them fail. I do not want to see them fail, okay? That's one thing because if they do good at this, it's good for the whole wrestling business, all right? Um, but if they fail, yeah. I mean it's going to suck because then they're going to be like, yep, yep, wrestling. We don't want wrestling on our TV. Just keep it WWE or whatever they say.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Outside of that, we do have another question for David. David wants to know about 6 episodes ago, you guys had mentioned PD Williams was in a contract negotiation. We have not heard anything since, any updates?
2: Um Yeah. Uh no, not really. It's kind of like uh we're, we're 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 talking about it, logistics. Um I I know that uh, coming up, I guess, is this the only advancement Uh, next week? I will be, um, you know, going with the creative team uh, to the, to the meeting and working out uh, the next set of TV tapings and all that kind of stuff, like right from scratch. This is my first time doing that. Uh, So I'll be joining like the likes of Damore and dreamer and Don Callis and Jimmy Jacobs. So, um, you know, I'm, It's going to be interesting to see how that goes and stuff like that. I mean it might not even be a a good fit for me. You know, It might be something I totally fail at and I suck at and I'm like, okay, I can't do this Uh, or whatever the case may be. So that's where we're at right now, Um, and I'll let everybody know how it goes.
1: Will you text me for ideas if you need some because I've got a ton of them. None of them are good, but I've got a ton of them. Absolutely. Good, man. That makes me feel almost special that that you would entertain me with that at least. Yeah,
2: man, you came up with like uh, some good stuff. Like, uh, oh, you came up with Killer Cross's uh, Cross Jacket, do they call it? Yes, his, yes. his chokeout thing, his finishing move. Like and there, you came
1: up with that, and there was something else I came up with, I think, but I totally forget now.
2: Yeah, you came up with a couple things, you know, because you know <laughs> this is what's good when you're at the shows, right? Uh, you know, you're working on the podcast stuff, but then you got. The wrestlers and everybody else were filming multiple shows. We're working on so many things. We don't have time to sit and brainstorm. Like, and, but okay, you'll no sit no, there and no. be like, "I'll be like Dennis, you know, would you come up something for this?" And then you'll have like twenty ideas uh, because you'll sit there and you'll think about it and stuff like that. So I, I feel like if we had more people like that around, we, we'd have a lot more of, uh, ideas. Like, you know, you had one job to do and you you
1: delivered. Can Can I tell you one of the recent ideas I had, which? This is everybody loves a fantasy We we,
2: we might want to not talk about it because if actually, I I can't tell me about it. All right.
1: So listen, outside of the news reports, which we're not going to talk about right now, I had this amazing idea for Killer Cross. His, his character is based on like anarchy and, you know, pain and, and hurting people. Right. Yep. I always think Killer Cross should be a hired hand where, you know somebody like John Morrison or Johnny Impact is going for the championship but keeps falling short. They bring in Killer Cross to help him get the job done, right? Almost like the APA, but but he does it because you know he wants to be able to have somebody under his thumb. Now Johnny Impact can't deliver on his hand, and Killer Cross will want to take that title from him just to hurt him, not because he wants it. Because in my mind a killer cross character doesn't care about a belt or not, but you have to have a way for him to challenge for the belt.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good idea, Dennis. Uh and maybe you'll see that on one of our upcoming shows now.
1: All right. Before So spoiler. <laughs> there we go. And and if it makes it you know it was my idea then. <laughs>
2: So yeah, that's why you wanted to say it on the air. So it's like, hey, if this happens, it was my idea.
1: We're time stamping this right now. <laughs>
2: yep, time stamp it. Then what, watch it. Like, people are like, this is what's going to happen, though, right?
1: It's going to play out. Like, oh, everybody's
2: like, oh, I, I know what's going to happen next because Dennis already, you know, spoiled it on the air. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the last little detail of when everybody thinks how it's going, bam, there's a twist at the end.
3: Ooh. Like,
1: wow, oh, we swerved everybody. Ooh, I like where you're going with that. I see, you see. All right, before we get to Josh Matthews, I do want to say we have shirts for sale. PD and I last podcast made an announcement that we are no longer accepting profits from our shirts. What we're going to do instead is every shirt you buy, we get a portion of it because it's a third-party company. WhatForApparel.com backslash WPP. When we get our profits... We are going to take every shirt profit, every dime we make off that shirt, and give it to RainbowConnection.org, which is a smaller version of Make a Wish here in Michigan. They're doing amazing things, and we wanted every dime that we donate to mean something. No offense to Make a Wish, but let's say Petey, we had twenty bucks and we donated twenty bucks to Make a Wish, that gets lost in the millions and millions of dollars that of donations they get. But something like the Rainbow Connection, which is a small you know voluntary volunt- voluntary driven organization, we want to make our 20 bucks go a little bit longer. So we chose Rainbow Connection, who's out there helping kids making dreams come true that they are, or may not have the opportunity to do in their last days, their sickly days. So we want to do something to give back because we're lucky. And we're not going to give back from wrestling perspective or P. D. Williams, and Dennis Farrell. We're going to give back in the names of our fans. So knowing that you're going to get a pretty cool-looking shirt and that your money that you spent will go towards a charity, not towards P and I going to see Avengers In game for the third time together. It, we, we wanted to make sure that we do right by our fans and by our community at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's all,
2: I mean, we're not, we're not bad mouth and make a wish at all. Like, no, no know, 20 bucks. If you want to, if you want to donate 20 bucks to make a wish, please do it. Cause they actually, they, they, they need it as well. Cause they have a, a bigger type of, um, you know, agenda that they have to get to. Um, but you know, we love giving back to our community. Uh, like the Michigan area is our community cause that's where Dennis and I both live. Um, but I mean, it's, it's we, I, I, they're like an indie company. That's how I like to put yeah. it. And same with us, we're an indie company, you know, doing this podcast stuff like that. So we're like on the same level. So we just love giving back to those, uh, upstart companies and those that are, you know, willing to make a
1: difference. And and you don't see a lot of podcasts doing that. And that's not a knock on them, but we are fortunate enough to be in the position where we can do that. And we want you to know that that's what we want to do to get back to you. The fans is get back to the community in your name. Uh, Don't forget ringside wrestling app, go download it, be a part of it. Look for the wrestling perspective page. There's a chat room. You'll never know when PD and myself will be there. Mm Fightful.com. That's where you'll get the show 24 hours early. Thank you to Fightful, Sean Rossap. Thank you to the fans at Fightful who are giving us a chance and listening. Twitch.tv backslash CyclonesUSA. That is, if you like Fortnite, if you like, uh, what, not Ring of Honor, uh, Call of Duty, watch Tim Lithicum and his buddies over there do some great job. I watched a couple of their streams. I was thoroughly enjoying it. I wish I was a lot better at Call of Duty to join them and play with them because if you follow him on Twitter, he's always trying to play with the fans, which I think that is super cool. So good job, Tim. We're fans of yours. Thank you for being fans of ours. Bluechew.com. Use the promo code perspective. Get your first order for free. PD, where can people find you?
2: Uh, on Twitter at I Williams. Same with on Instagram. You um, can, yeah. yeah. That's about it.
1: Yeah. You got any shows coming up?
2: Um, we got uh, TV tapings in, I want to say, the New York area on June 6th and 7th. That's our next set of TV tapings. That's what we'll be writing uh, uh, next week. Um, and then that'll fall into, what's next after that? I think it's the pay-per-view, July 7th in Dallas, anniversary. Uh, I think I might be missing one in between. I know there's some we have some Twitch shows and all that kind of stuff, but those are the big ones as it stands right now.
1: All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Make sure you go and subscribe to The Wrestling Perspective. You get this. You get the radio show with Russ McCall and myself, heard on SB Nation on on 100 radio stations. We're going to add some more stuff there, especially now with Ringside App. We'll upload that to our uh, page. So make sure you go to WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. We are anywhere where you get your podcasts. You can just look for Wrestling Perspective hear josh matthews in two seconds but pete this was a good show man thank you
2: yeah no thank you i'm looking forward to this josh matthews interview
1: are you actually gonna listen because you know it's no secret when you say i'm looking forward to that interview i go are you gonna listen every show you're like yeah no i won't listen no i won't listen that's that you know what at least you're honest and i respect that thank you all right guys josh matthews thanks and we'll see you next week All right, no Petey Williams joining me for this interview, but it's the second time we've had Josh Matthews on. I'm really excited. Kind of a sit-down one-on-one. He's making lunch. I've already eaten. So we're going to talk some wrestling a little bit about his career and what he's doing now. Josh, thank you. Dennis, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. You know... Here, I want to start this off with a question I've always wanted to ask you. And when we do interviews, we tend to stay away from guys past in different companies. But you've taken a Stone Cold Stunner and, you know, commentaried a WrestleMania. And I've always wanted to pick your brain about how nerve-wracking that was.
4: You know, it was was so quick that... um, You know, I didn't know about it until the day of, and uh, we got things going, and uh, I stood there with Steve, and I talked to him about it for a few minutes, and, uh, you know, he said something like, uh, you know, just go to your knees, and I said, are you okay with that? Just lean over, and and he was like, yeah, man, like, Chris Benoit used to take it that way. That's totally cool, and then, like, the next thing I knew, it was happening, and that was the end of it.
1: So, I I just had to fanboy out for a second, because every time I see you backstage, I've always wanted to go, man, I wouldn't ask Josh that, but... I know how some guys are about talking about the past, but let's talk about now, Impact Wrestling. You've been there since 2014. You've seen a lot of regimes come and go. And from what I've been around, this has been one of the more wrestler-friendly regimes that's been in TNA slash Impact.
4: I mean, it really is. And, and, and you know, when I started here, and it's funny because I don't know if I'm here if, if everything didn't go the way that it did, you know, John Gaborick was, um, was in charge when I uh, first came here, along, of course, with Dixie Carter. And when uh, I found out on that morning that I was, um, you know, that WWE and I were parting ways after 13 years, um, you know, I immediately called Taz and, and Impact was running shows, well, Ben TNA was running shows in New York, and he was, you know, how quickly can you get to Manhattan? And I was a 45-minute train right away. So, you know, I went down and and, and basically, um, you know, losing one uh, opportunity at WWE. you know, the other one opened up that day. It was literally a, an offer and a handshake agreement um, that day uh, with Impact and with TNA. And then, uh, you know, I had to sit out my 90 days, obviously. And um, from there I moved to Nashville and, and got started uh, in the office right away. So I don't know if without – that regime in place at the time if i'm still here uh or you know even even brought in if it were to happen today um so it's really such a weird path that it's been on and you know i obviously didn't know scott demore or anybody like that when um when uh, uh i came to tna originally and you know they're here and i think through through my hard work and efforts and all of that stuff you know i'm, I'm still here which is uh, which is great You know,
1: I think right now what you're doing is the best work of your career. Not saying anything else about your anywhere else you've done, but I've noticed with you and Don, you guys have this chemistry that I've not seen you have with anybody else, and you've had amazing co-hosts, but watching you with Don, I really have fallen in love with the Josh Matthews on commentary. Is that natural? Did you guys have to work on that kind of chemistry?
4: No, and it's so funny. The the first show we did was a pay-per-view, and, um, you know, we got Don, and he just said, uh, imagine how good we'll be in six months. And, you know, from there, it's just sort of, you know, I think we both have similar personalities. Um, You know, the hardest thing I always tell people when you work with a new partner is finding out, you know, when they're going to talk and and when you're going to talk. Once you get that part kind of figured out, like, the cadence of, you know, things they want to say, what they want to do. Um, the rest, if you have chemistry, just sort of falls into place. And and I think for Don and I, it's it's there. And 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 I and you know, knowing Don's position in the company, it's, I always put that caveat on saying this. I, I haven't worked with anybody else that I've enjoyed as much as I do working with Don. And I truly mean that. If he were literally just my my colored colleague, uh, color, color color commentary colleague, easy for me to say. Uh, you know, if that's the position we were all in, I would still feel that way about Don.
1: Now I've interviewed a million people, whether it's with ESPN or Fox sports doing all that stuff. And I notice when I interview people, I tend to try to take on the personality of the guy. If he's low key, I keep the interview low key. If he's high, high energy, you try to reel him in and, and go with the flow do you find yourself, whether it's next to Taz or or next to Don Callis, do you find yourself changing your personality to either fit or go with a Taz or a Don Callis?
4: Um, it's a good question, and, and honestly, I don't think I've ever really thought about it that way. Um, I feel like I try to complement uh, the like. I feel like I could sit down next to anybody, um, and, and help them. You know, it, it, this is um you know, a, a novice commentator or, or someone as seasoned as, as Don or Taz and, and figure out, you know, what I need to do to either help them bring out something in them, ask them a bunch of questions. So so in that aspect, yeah, I don't think I ever changed my actual personality, but as it relates to, you know, what I feel I can bring out of my partner in crime, then, then absolutely. With with Sanjay Dutt, I, I knew I didn't have to call a lot of moves. Sanjay liked to call the moves, which is cool. That's fine. I don't need to do that. Um, you know, with Don it's a little more psychological where I can ask him questions about where the athletes are feeling, how they're doing. I mean Kaz was a former world champion, so you know, with him it was it was breakdown holds, it was breakdown different things. So I try to bring out the the, the best aspects of, of whoever I'm working with.
1: When I talk to people, when I talk to a lot of fans and your name comes up, a lot of times, and this will ultimately be a compliment, so go with me down this road. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of times they're like, ah, Josh Matthews, I, I don't get it. And then I sit and tell them about everything I've seen. You're right there when people take pictures and you help them do it. You do everything digital. You are one of, the, nothing really passes through impact unless it touches Josh Matthews' hands. And after I explain a lot of this stuff to people, they'll go and watch you. And then they come back and go, you know what? I get it now. How hard is it? To have your hands in just about every single thing Impact does, and then still have to go out there and do your primary job.
4: Well, that part's actually not that bad because you know I I know these storylines, I know these characters. You know, I eat, sleep, and breathe, impact wrestling 24 hours a day. So so that part's easy. Sitting down at the end of the night, and Don always joke John and I always joke about this that it's like the hard work's over, (laughs) and now we can sit here someone's going to bring us a couple of sodas and we're just going to talk about wrestling for a few hours. So that part's actually the easiest part. And then during the day, I mean, it's, it's not hard to do the work. It's hard to, like I've seen so many people come and go that think that they can do what I do better than I do from a behind the scenes perspective. And maybe you can, but you can't consistently deliver. Like you have to stay engaged 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when I'm on vacation with my family In Disneyland and getting looked at by my wife for answering emails and texts. Like you have to stay engaged or you will get passed by without a question.
1: I I have a bunch of Twitter questions. One is from God of Sports who wants to know, what are your current backstage roles? Because this, once again, going back to this question, I've seen you do everything. uh, But yet I don't, I can't tell people, yeah, you know, he's part of creative. He's a production. He does this, but you do everything.
4: I mean, outside of creative, I, I, I think so. Um, you know, we have a lean team and, and people have left and, and, you know, it's been one of those deals where you just have to pick up the pieces and the people that we do have around they're the guys in Nashville, they work so hard, um, you know, countless hours, longer hours than I work because they get started earlier and they have to shoot later than I do. Um, so, so those guys are, are, are the heroes really. They'll, they'll do so much, um, you, you know, all the guys on creative that work so hard, too. And it's just, you know... Um,
1: Do you have any interest in jumping into creative?
4: My interest in creative... <laughs> and I laugh because Scott tells me when I have some drinks in me, I want to be on creative. But when I'm not, I, I don't want to be creative. Um, I, I like having a hand in the um, uh, our, our specials, our Twitch specials and our Impact Plus specials. Um, and that's pretty much like right now as far as I would like to go. Uh, with, with everything else that I need to be taken care of. Uh, you know, Scott and I work on the talent that we're going to bring in. We work on the cards for those Twitch and impact plus specials. And then they go through creative and they go through the cycle and they sort of fine tune them. Um, but really like those shows have been so much fun because from beginning to middle to end, I get to work on those. So if something goes wrong, my fault, uh, I have nightmares. Now they always say like the wrestler nightmare that you're putting your boots on as your music's playing my nightmares um, are that I have forgotten to order ring skirts for rebellion or for <laughs> anniversary or for code red, and we're not gonna have ring skirts at these shows. Like those are my nightmares. Um, so its it's a lot of fun. and and really, you know, in nineteen years, this July will be nineteen consecutive years that I've been earning a living in professional wrestling. And you know, I, I've gotten to do everything. I, I get to work in marketing, I get to work in merchandise design, I get to work. Um, with creative on certain things, I get to help um, at TV. So, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, I've built this uh, knowledge base of, of production and marketing. And, and it's just, uh, it's it's been a fun ride.
1: I have to bring up your wife, Madison Rain. And from the aspect of, course. From the aspect of I've sat and watched wrestling shows with P.D. Williams' wife. And I see the concern and the look on her face whenever he does a move, which she's not a wrestling fan. You are a, a wrestling husband now. When you see her in the ring, do you get that sense of worried? You know, do you cringe when you see something? You go, "Ooh, that didn't look right." I hope she's okay. How, how do you separate, you know, husband Josh from commentator Josh when you're watching your wife it's, in the ring?
4: Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's really tough because the girls in 2019 they hit harder, they run faster, they they want to do. Amazing moves. They're capable of doing amazing moves, and you know she is a veteran, and she's been doing this for a while. And she, um you know, obviously it's one of those deals where keep up or, or move aside. And uh, I think she has proven that she can keep up with the with the with the Tessa Blanchards of today. And when um, recently on Impact, Tessa joined us for commentary for a Madison versus uh, Ty Valkyrie match, and literally multiple times during the match, Tessa was squeezing my, my arm, like when Taya was hitting her and, and feeling the pain through me, um, it, it's really hard. So, so when I do see, you know, okay, she's got the fifth match on the show. Once that match is over, you know, I'll send a text. Is everything okay? That looked like it hurt. Um, you know, I get the, the, yeah, it was all good. Everything's fine. Um, you know, then the, then the sigh of relief comes in and, and the proud moments, uh, can sort of take over from there.
1: What is her schedule like? Because she's a mother, a wife. You both are on the road a lot working for the same companies. I see her posting a lot of dates. How do you guys work that out into your schedules?
4: Yeah, and we have two dogs and she goes to college. Wow. (laughs) Um, It's a balancing act for sure, man. Like it really is. Um, You know, the good thing is now we're home for a month, right? Like we just got done with four days of TV, maybe five. Uh, you know, we went from Toronto to to Philly to New York, um, and now we're home until June fifth, I believe. So it's you know we've got basically all of May at home. So you know our, our schedules, you know we we it's um it, it's certainly a balancing act, and and you know we wake up and and you know I start working pretty early in the morning. You know we'll we'll eat breakfast together, take the dogs out. Uh, I'll go to the office for a little bit, my office upstairs at home and work, and then you know we go to the gym together. And then it's come home and work for the rest of the day. And then we sort of, you know, regroup, um, you know, when the day's over and, and the kid's home from school and, you know, you got to put different hats on. So uh, it, it's fun. It's challenging. Uh, but at the end of the night when there's a, a ball game on or something, I am uh, very much looking forward to a glass of wine and, and, and relaxing. And it's funny, too, because uh, Scott Damore, it, it, we talk um, pretty much every day either via text or email or or by phone. And he he knows when, like, I'm not going to answer or when I won't respond. (laughs) And it's usually, like, right around dinner time and for a couple hours after. And then I'll dial back into work for for a little bit until about 10 or 11. And then I'll shut it down.
1: All right. For my one morning campy radio question routine, you're trained in wrestling. You talked about it last time you were on with PD and myself. Your wife's a wrestler. How much dialogue have you guys had about doing a mixed tag team match together? (laughs)
4: Yeah. None, none. Um, I, I, I mean, it's funny cause I, I mean, I guess like you get that bug to wrestle, but I just had a bug to be in the wrestling business. Like I think when it's all said and done and I, and I went through the tough enough process and when that ended and I did the independence for a year, call it while I was back in college, um, I hated it. You know, I was on the road, I was alone, I was driving, um, I'm barely 20, I'm 20 years old at this point. Um, and I just, uh, I realized very quickly that this isn't, cause I did wrestling backwards. As I tell people all the time, like I went from the biggest company in the world to now wrestling in the independence. And, and I didn't have that hunger to get back to WWE as a wrestler. Like I just didn't have it. And I knew I didn't have it. So when the opportunity came up to be an announcer, um, you know, I thought I can be a part of the whole show and I can, I can, you know, talk about these athletes.
1: Yeah. Sign me up for that. So, I know you have a time restriction here, but i got to say thank you. Because no, I'm good,
4: man. I'm good. Let's talk for as long as you want.
1: Because uh, last week, I'm, I'm, I'd I'm, like to go through people's tweets and see what they're tweeting about. And I saw you start tweeting about this app, and I don't know how much you can talk about this, but you tweeted about doing trivia at this app called, uh, was it Ringside App? I went, downloaded it. Uh, Ringside Wrestling. Ringside Wrestling. Ringside Wrestling. Thank you. I went yeah. there, downloaded it, And I have been on this app like crazy, and look, I'm not getting paid to talk about this. This is not an advertisement, but when I find something I truly like or enjoy, I want to tell people about it. And I've I've got a regular account. There's three different sections right there. Now, there's old school wrestling fans. There's indie wrestling fans. There's the in the ring tab, and I think that's where you are doing your trivia, but talk to me about this app because there's chat rooms and live videos and independent matches, and I think this app is going to start gaining steam,
4: and I hope it does. Um, it's uh, it's funny how this all started. Um, it, it, the The company, the parent company, is called Kiswe Mobile, and it, it's K I S W E. And if you look up Kiswe Mobile, they're they're heavily involved in in apps uh, applications, uh, they work with the NBA and fan engagement really is, is a big part of what they do. And they approached impact. And, and just like I do with anybody, uh, that approaches us about doing stuff. you know, I took a first phone call and, you know, sort of talked to, to the guys behind the scene behind the scenes. And I really liked what they were saying and what they were doing, but I couldn't give them really what they wanted because it was, it was content driven and in and, and our content, obviously, uh, you know, goes all over the world and, and, and these matches are a part of shows and things like that. So long story short, I couldn't give them the content they were looking for, but I wanted to help them because I liked them so much. So I put them in touch with uh, a couple of the different independents, WrestlePro uh, and a few others. And I think there's some 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 things happening behind the scenes that they're working with a couple others that I suggested. And and then uh, the idea was for, uh, they then they said, what about trivia? And I said, well, we could definitely do trivia. And it actually started with Johnny Impact. He was the first host. And Johnny's schedule is one that he's busy a lot. And I said, look, if Johnny, if you're, never available, if you're not available, I'll just do the trivia for you those weeks. And it ended up I just took over the trivia completely um, from Johnny due to his schedule. And uh, I have a lot of fun with it. It's every Thursday night at 730, and it's, it's all free. You just have to download the Ringside Wrestling app in your um, app store. And you can play along, and, and there's you know, points that you uh, can, can win every week uh, in the games and stuff. And there's a lot of other things happening there. And you can chat with wrestling fans. I mean, ultimately this is going to be the, you know, the destination for wrestling fans. And, and I wish, um, those guys, nothing but success. You know, I help out where I can, when I can, um, you know, my schedule is, is, is also, you know, kind of busy, <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I try to help them out as much as humanly possible. And I, I really hope that, you know, they're such a great group of people that I hope that they, uh, you know, I've got my, my wife involved with them now for a little while as, a, as an influencer. So I just really hope that they, uh, they succeed.
1: It's like right now on the app, I, I'm on the app. And it'll probably change depending on when people hear the show and it's uploaded. They're playing a Cody Rhodes versus Brian Cage match. You click on it and there's a chat room where people are talking about that and other things. And you don't find that in many chats. You have to go to like Reddit where you'll get ostracized for asking a stupid question. You go to this app and it's, it's smooth and people are nice and they want people there.
4: Yeah, I mean, really, and and that's what it ultimately is. And I think there's some things in the works um, that they're working on to make the fan engagement even better, um, including, like, you know, I, I suggested, like, what about uploading photos? At, at, if I'm at a wrestling show, like, can I upload photos to the chat? Can I do other things with videos? And I think all that stuff's kind of in development. So as long as, um, um, you know, wrestling fans are finding ringside wrestling, and, and that's why I'm glad we're talking about it a little bit here today, um, because I do think it's, it's a place where fans can go and, and, and be a part of the community.
1: And look, I'm not getting paid to say this. You're not getting paid to say this. So when we're talking about something at this long on an interview, you know it has to be good, because not a lot of podcasts will talk about outside things for free.
4: And, and that's true, too. And, and, and I've been asked by many people, like, are you getting paid for this? And it's like, well, no. <laughs> you know, but I have fun with it. You know, look, the trivia... Um, I I go downstairs in my basement. I have a green screen down there and a ring light and I shoot it. It takes me about seven minutes. They do everything behind the scenes. They edit it. They put it together. They put all those cool graphics to it. And and I just have a fun place to go and kind of escape for a few minutes each week to to talk about wrestling and and wrestling trivia and and play host. And at the end of the day, like, you know, that's kind of My bread and butter as a host, so if I'm not updating impactwrestling.com, I get to go downstairs and and have some fun and and do some trivia.
1: Last tweet we'll get to before I let you go. This one comes from Madison Rain. Uh, Josh Matthews (laughs) probably should talk about what a babe his wife is. I don't know who she is. I'm not following her, but uh, (laughs) apparently this Madison Rain woman wants to hear about your wife more.
4: I mean, what else is there to say that I haven't already said about her? shes uh, I mean, we just had a great Mother's Day weekend, uh, relaxing, had a great dinner, uh, taught the kid how to ride a bike, which was probably the best gift you could give to mom. And, and we saw the uh, the Pikachu detective movie, which saw was uh, surprisingly entertaining for someone who's not a Pokemon person.
1: Neither am I. I was forced to see it. My 10-year-old drug me and. I had to it was G. okay right it was you know what it was better than I thought because I grew up before i'm forty one so I missed the whole Pokemon craze uh, thank God, but I sat there and thoroughly enjoyed the graphics, the dialogue I mean from top to bottom, you don't have to be a Pokemon fan to know that movie
4: yeah, it was funny uh I will admit that I fell asleep uh towards the end a little bit there, <laughs> but uh you know, I woke up just as Ryan Reynolds uh, emerged as as a real human being, and and uh, dude, we have a great movie theater. Like it's uh, one of those like lounge, like you you oh, can recline yeah. the chair. Like it's hard to not fall
1: asleep in that theater. Where where were those when we were kids, right? Oh, my God, man.
4: I used to go to movies every week when I was a kid, and they were horrible. Like, the seating was horrible. The lighting was horrible. Now you've got, like, amazing sound. And and, and when I lived in Nashville, I went to the IMAX a lot with Bob Ryder. We saw everything. We saw Jurassic World. um, So many movies in that IMAX. But this one, uh, it's great. The lounger, and I fall asleep, and everyone's happy.
1: And finally, before we wrap this up, what, what more innovative things can we see out of Impact Wrestling? You guys have... And I tell you, there was one, and it probably lasted about a month, where you made Impact feel like it was like Georgia Championship Wrestling on a Saturday night. It was really cool. You showed a lot of Impact talent at indie shows. I really enjoyed that. And then it was like you and Sanjay, or you and Don, I believe, behind the green screen introduced in the shows, which I really enjoyed that feel for a wrap-up show. What else? Cause in impact has evolved so much in such a short time where you're, you're hitting your stride. What, what do you hope to see next?
4: I just hope for a bigger platform for more people to see what we're doing. I, I think that the shows, the creative, the athletes, the talent, the direction, the people on the roster, I think it's all home runs. So now it's just, Uh, can it be seen by more people? And I think that, you know, through Twitch and through Impact Plus, you're getting these things. I thought that Code Red, um, you know, selfishly because I had a a big hand in that show, but I thought Code Red was a great start to Impact Plus, which is, you know, obviously we're talking about apps. Uh, You can download and subscribe to Impact Plus today. I think that's uh, uh, totally worth the price tag that's associated with that every month. And and you get a monthly special. You get an exclusive show. Next month is... uh, a Night You Can't Miss featuring the Great Muda. Then in July, it's a bash at the brewery in San Antonio. So I think that there's all these things that are happening. I mean, for me, like, if it's seven ninety nine a month, and then I believe that's what the price point is. Um, I, for me, like, uh, an exclusive show every month, that alone is worth, you know, 8 bucks a month. And then you get everything else that comes with Impact Plus. So, you know, I think that, you know, with Impact, it's just continuing to be consistent. And I think that's the one thing that... As someone who didn't watch Impact Wrestling before they came here, TNA, um, due to my WWE, you know, commitments and, and schedule there, um, I think that the one thing I always heard was this: it's not consistent. And I think over the past two years that it's it's certainly consistency
1: has been key. Here's the biggest advertising point for the Impact Plus: is for seven ninety nine, two dollars cheaper than WWE, you get to see all the WWE stars on your app. And it's the same material WWE has reached out the impact for to show on Raw, SmackDown, and pay per views. Why wouldn't you?
4: That's a great point. I mean, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Uh, I mean, even even AEW guys, Christopher Daniels. Um, you can see all of these guys. You know, before, and I think that's a big thing for wrestling fans. You know, see see the guys before they got to WWE, before they got, and I don't want to say got to, like, that, like that's, the, that's the finish line, that's the goal, but before they transitioned to WWE and before they transitioned to AEW, before they transitioned to, uh, you know, other companies, you know, Austin Aries just signed, I believe, MLW, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see, you know, when Austin Aries became world champion, you can see all of these things, um, you know, and, and start over, and start over as a fan.
1: Josh, where can people find you?
4: Uh, at Real Josh Matthews with one T on Twitter, and then just my name, uh, Josh Matthews, on uh, Instagram.
1: And people can interact with you, as you said, every every week at uh, Ringside Wrestling app. That's, once again, phenomenal. Go interact with these guys. And not just you, but there are a whole host of guys funneling in here now to start their own content. You'll never know what wrestlers you'll see in the chat rooms. Go be a part of this, because I did, and I'm a fan, and I love it.
4: I mean, that's the thing, too, right? Like, like um, I'm there every Thursday, 7.30, during my trivia game night. Uh, I'm in the chat room. And also, like, wrestlers like talking to wrestling fans, as, as crazy as that may sound. So you, so you may never know who's in there chatting along or just watching the chat and enjoying the trivia. So definitely a
1: destination for sure. Josh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk.
3: Yeah, man. Thanks, Dennis.